Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steven and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, we both survived the storm. We're here together again. And how are you doing, man? Good, man. Um, you know, the funny thing about that storm is that there were a lot of people on social media and around just saying, like, oh, we're probably not even going to get an inch of snow. You know, the weathermen never know what they're talking about. And I'm like, guys, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, you look at the, the, the weather map on the app or whatever, and you can see this giant thing right. coming. I'm like, I don't know. I think that's I, something. I don't, I don't trust the science. I, the mainstream media is reporting <laughs> well, this. Well, it's funny because, it, you know, I mean, it was a lot of people who are, you know, who believe you know who are Trump won the election no 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 no, no. Oh. That, that are you know like just normal sane people that you know they're all about vaccinations and everything else and believe the science and I'm just like if you look on this app there's a giant cloud the size of Rhode Island moving our direction I right. I, I don't know but <laughs> it seems like there may be something in there and then needless to say you know I had I've had to snow blow my driveway probably seven or eight times over since since Thursday which is crazy you know I mean at one point literally like the snow was like past my thigh as the snowblower was like was was trudging through. Well, it's, it was blown around so much that you were dealing with. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, and then what what sucked was you know like because I get up early and go to the gym, right? Like I get up at like four forty five, and um, so I get up even earlier on Friday, uh, which is yesterday, right? I get up at like four thirty, and you know get out there and. I snow blow the driveway. I feel great. Like I'm getting ready to go. And by the time I'm done with everything, the sidewalks and Miss Monica, my old neighbor down the street, and I get back to my driveway, there's like another three inches of snow, right? So then I have to go back and make another pass in the driveway. And my thing is, I hate leaving the snow, right? Like pat it down because then it freezes and then it, your, your driveway just turns into a, a ice skating rink, right. you know? So I'm in... As a kid, my dad drilled it into my head that you had to get it down to the, you know, down to the concrete or asphalt or whatever. And back then, I only had a shovel. So now, right. you know, I, I, I'm still passionate, like, I, that carried over from my dad, but I still try to get it as low as possible. But now I have a snowblower instead of just a, you know, flimsy shovel that we got at, uh, you know, Farmore, which well, I, you know, a lot I of people some, may not be familiar with I, that store. I, I did some shoveling, and I woke up the next day, and, like, my hips hurt. My ribs are sore. I'm like, oh, yeah, because you did these weird... Yeah, you know what? And the, the funny thing is, like, so I, I ended up having... People out here talk about snow. Well, <laughs> hey, I mean, it, it is what it is. But so I did end up having to shovel a lot just because there were places the snowblower couldn't get or whatever. I didn't want to fuck up the grass for whatever reason because I don't even care about my grass. Uh, and I will say that I... You know, even with the amount of shoveling that I did, because, you know, at times the snow was heavy, like I didn't have those aches and pains, but I can attribute that to, you know, like the stretching and the and the mobility work and the and the heavy yeah. lifting that I do. Because, you know, everybody's like bitching and moaning and I'm just like, I feel good. I'm just going to go bang out this workout and then go drive an hour to get tatted up again. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know, Jim. What's up, bro? Okay, super tough guy. <laughs> It's not super I, tough. Saying, it's, not, it's not a humble brag. That's a flat-out brag. Um, not a, <laughs> yes, it is. I do things to take care of okay, myself. Okay, you well, know, that's not a brag. I mean, it's just it's that's right, it's, it's more a, of a, a shot. <laughs> no, it's it's more right. of a hint. <laughs> Moving along. So right now, I don't know. I mean, it's getting the coverage much more coverage now, and I think the Olympics are kind of pointing a spotlight on the fact that Xi and Putin seem to be like holding hands and singing okay. kumbaya. Let's uh, let's back up. First of all. Russia's got about 70% of the people that it needs to invade Ukraine at the Ukrainian border. Um, if they do a full-scale invasion, which, I mean, we could be looking at in the next two weeks, um, they're talking about Russia being able to take Kiev um, or Kiev. Or, I think Kiev is yeah, technically right. Kiev is, Everyone's but, been so proud Yeah, right. I mean, and, you know, I played a video game a long time ago, and they always said Kiev in the video game, so that's what I thought it was because video games can never be wrong. Um, but the more I hear, you know, people from that region of the world, it's, it's Kiev anyway. Um, but they're talking about Russia being able to take the capital in, you know, less than 72 hours. Um, and, you know, I think we need to talk about what the level of disruption would be if this were to occur. Right. I mean, because what you're talking about is a, is a country going in and saying, you know what, we own you. 
and screw the treaties that you signed whenever, screw the fact that you gave up nuclear weapons and, you know, we said we would protect, not Russia, but, you know, the, the NATO, NATO and, and the U.S. said that they would protect you. Uh, screw that. Uh, we just want you just because. Um, so we're going to take you over, right? And, and that just has major implications, um, I think, globally, not just, not just for Ukraine, but all of Europe. Um, it poses, it, it then exposes Europe to this sort of behavior from Russia. And then going back to your conversation about China, where they come into play is China's having these with India and Taiwan and right. Hong Kong and everybody else. So um, you, you're, you're seeing where if, if, if this isn't blunted and, and, you know, curtailed right now, and there's not serious penalties for Russia, then what's to stop a China from saying, all right, well, if no one's going to jump in, then we're going to do it too, right? Or an Iran or whoever just going in, and now you, you literally could be seeing the beginning of World War III, which sounds dramatic, but I, I, how else would you describe it? I was about to use those same words. This, okay. this is exactly how the first two World Wars started, is European land uh, you know, disputes. I mean, I don't want to get into World War I. Was, technically, it was about Archduke Ferdinand. But it wasn't. It was about powers and struggles for, for resource, resources and land. And if uh, I don't think the, the rest of the world is prepared for a two-front war against China and Russia. No. And, not. and I mean, I, just China, the military power between the two countries, just the sheer numbers, right, of, of soldiers that they, that they can throw out there. Um, you know, no one is prepared for that. The U.S. military isn't prepared for that. Uh, yeah, we're the biggest baddest in the world, but I mean, we've been fighting multiple wars on multiple fronts for, you know, multiple decades. Years, yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, we we haven't had the time to recharge and rebuild, um, uh, you know, our military, and you know, even with all the money that we dump into our defense, um, you know, this is this is something completely completely different than what we did in Afghanistan and Iraq, right? This is oh, bigger with, with way bigger implications. Not to say that the implications in Iraq and Afghanistan weren't massive, but I mean, to be prepared to fight both a Russia and a China and, and you know, and, and people listening, to, you know, if they don't know, could be saying, well, why are you pulling China into this? And it's just like, you have to understand how China has been positioning itself for the last, you know, 30 years, right. really. And, and they've made no, um, effort to, to hide the fact that they believe that Taiwan should not be recognized, they believe it should be their territory, and Xi seems to be the most aggressive one when it comes to trying to stake that claim. And the reason why I was bringing up the Olympic thing is just because they're both there in the same spot, and they seem to be flaunting the what you're going uh, to do to NATO, and I guess more specifically to the U.S., well, um, I mean, honestly, especially with this Ukraine situation right now, and I think if you can, if you can, you know, stop this thing from, if you can keep Russia out of Ukraine, um, then, you know, I mean, that's what everyone has to be focused on right now. And that, and that's where NATO has to step up, right? And, and I don't think that the U.S. can or, or should get involved with troops, right? With, with you know, on the ground. Right. Um, we can lend support in every way possible other than sending troops. And I think we have to hammer Russia with sanctions, but Europe has to fight this fight, right? This is your continent. These, they're, they're, they're doing this so that they can push and you might be next pick a country. Right. And so if you, you want to, you know, you want to get things like if you want to keep things stable um, in, or, or at least where they are, where they are currently in terms of stability, you need to step up to the plate. Right, like you can't just sit there and look at the U.S. and say, "Hey, you guys, you guys are going to jump in on this, right?" Like, look, you guys need to fight your own fight this time, right? Like, we'll help you with whatever support we can, but do not tell us to put our sons and daughters in harm's way for this particular issue when you're right fucking there, right? Like, we're not saying, like, we're, we're, I'm not saying it'd be different if this were Mexico, right? Like, well, you know, we have a vested interest in it, right? And it sounds harsh, but it's just the reality. Like, we can't go in and fight your fight for you. You need to have the Ukraine's back. I wonder what was being said in the early parts of World War II, because it probably sounded a lot like that. I mean, we ultimately get drawn in when Pearl Harbor happens. And, yeah, we, I mean, we know it sounded like that, but I mean, I think that it's, and that was probably the right thing to say and do until they, they pulled us in. Right. Um, and, and, I'm not saying and, you're wrong. I'm saying it's, right. it's, it's I mean, just purely. I know it doesn't. I, and a lot of people just, you know, if, if, if you think that the United States needs to be the world protector, 
um, then you're going to disagree with it, right? And, and I'm not saying that we need to leave them hanging. It's just like whatever happens, happens. Like I said, we have sanctions. We can lend support. We can send weapons. We can help them with, you know, satellites and whatever, you know. I mean, we talked last week about um, cyber warfare and things like that. Like, we can – all those things, I think, should be on the table. And the very last thing for the U.S., the last thing that we need to consider um, – you know, I think we need to hold back the idea of, send, of, of putting our right. troops in harm's way. Now, we've already sent, like, I think 7,000 troops or 8,000 troops over there. Um, so, we'll, or, I'm to sorry. The area. I'm I sorry. Don't... Yeah, yeah, to, the, to, the, to Europe, to the area, to surrounding countries. Um, but I think we just need to be really, really careful about, you know, well, just we... saying we're going to fight this war for you. Right. Because also... if we do, like, if we go over there in force to fight on the ground, then we're going to be expected to lead the charge. Uh, we're not great at uh, post-war. Uh, uh, I mean, but and that's but, the thing, and that and and you really can't even look about. You can't even look at it about post, right? Like, I mean, like first you got to fight them and win it. We know that we can't nation build. We can't do it. We don't do it. We haven't done it. We're not successful at it. We stink at right. it. Right. And and Ukraine is as a nation, it's right. a Democratic right. nation. We I don't. Mean, and 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 the point and and the goal would be not to have to rebuild the nation, right? Like we don't need their leadership to go. We just need right. to keep Putin and his leadership right. out. My, you know, yep, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I mean, like, so that that's the that would be the ultimate goal. Uh, that's the ultimate goal, no matter what. And from a U.S. standpoint, hopefully, we can stay out of it in terms of fighting on the ground. And I, I'm very concerned and confused about how sanctions would work if China, Russia, and potentially Iran are working together. What are we going to do not to deny them? Well, we need, in order for it to work, we need international cooperation knowing that we're not going to get it from China or Iran, right? Right. Like, but we need all or of North Europe. Korea, not that they can really <laughs> add much I to it. talk about North Korea. <laughs> but, like, we need all of Europe. We need all of the Middle East. We need everybody in, that's not, the, you know, Russia, China, Iran, and, you know, I guess North Korea, if you want to throw them in there. We need it's everybody on board. Because they're nuclear and very close yeah, to a major but ally. I, I, they're, they're not in this conversation, right? Like, they're, they're just not. So, you know, North Korea is not going to go over there and fight. North no, Korea is not but they do... could launch a missile at Seoul. Right. And... Well, that's that, but that's them every day, right? I mean, like they're, they're just looking for a reason. I mean, so I, North Korea, you're out. But I mean, from an international standpoint, everybody's got to be on board with fuck Russia, fuck China, right? Like you had, like you, and the issue is they haven't been right. Like they'll talk a good game, but then they'll be like, ah, you know what? Never mind. We'll 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 work with you on this. We'll work with you on that. We'll work with you on this pipeline. We'll work with you on, you know, whatever it is. Or you know what, China? You guys really do produce a lot of produce a lot of stuff, and our prices are going up. So, yeah, we we had those sanctions, but you know what? Never mind. So, um, if if they're gonna do this, then we need full international support across the board. Which is a scary thing because I don't think you get it. And then with just the U.S. now, it's just between us and them. And that whole thing with the cyber warfare comes back into play. Not that I think it ever goes away. And, I mean, Russia's really making a mess of things right now. And I think that's exactly what Putin wants. Right? By the way, we're so fractured as a country. I don't know where we in day-to-day -day life go. I mean, I've heard people saying, well, why is Russia the bad guy? Yeah, if I really I mean, need to answer you know, that question for you. We're well, just yeah, I mean, and it's the, you know, I mean, you were talking, I think we talked about it last week with Tucker Carlson, and sure. there's a lot of conservatives that, you know, that I've seen have said, like, oh, they're going to put Americans in harm's way for Ukrainians, and they're not taking care of the Americans, and blah, 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 blah. Like, look, first of all, just to be clear, I'm not saying that we need to leave the Ukrainians, you know, just high and dry. Out, high and dry. What I'm saying is the people who are closest, who are right there, who this impacts the most, need to step up first. And then if it looks like it's, it's, it's just going to bust through, then, okay, fine, we're going to have to jump in. But we shouldn't be the first there. You know, we shouldn't right. be first one in, last one out. You know what I mean? We need to be the last ones in and the first ones out. Um, and you know, and, and that should up. be based off of our track record, right? Like, you don't want us to leave this charge because we'll make a mess of things, and us cleaning it up is not good, right? You literally want us there just for support, and then you want us out because – our track record with doing these things, like we'll we'll win you a war, but good luck with whatever is left after. Right, right, like the Team America thing, right? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're right. Paris is burning. <clears throat> um, going back to on the home front and our you know, fractured political uh, situation, Mike Pence finally came out and said that Donald Trump was wrong when he said that he could not overturn the results of an election or decertify an election. He finally came out and said that. And you know what? It, it, what's frustrating is this shouldn't be news. 
right? Like, no. first of all, it should, there's a million reasons why it shouldn't be news. But, you know, even if you say, even if things all play out the same, this shouldn't be a big deal. But yet it is because, one, the time, right? Like, that Pence, for Pence to come out and, you know, he, he said and did what he said on January 6th and 7th. But really, for him to come out, like, he should have been banging this drum January 6th, 7th, and 8th, and pretty much every day and through today. But, you know, he kind of went silent after, you know, January 6th and 7th, and then he pops back up, and now he's coming out and giving a strong rebuke. And, you know, there, there, there's multiple reasons why he could be doing this. Um, I don't know if they are technically the right reasons, but even if you're doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, I guess you got to give him some credit. Um you know, but it is, but you know, he's saying this and getting a shit ton of blowback for it, right? And the we were just talking um, when you got here that Marco Rubio Ugh. was tap dancing around. He won't just say yes, Mike Pence is right, and Donald Trump was wrong. It's like was Donald Trump wrong? Well, the right man's in the office right now. That's not the fucking question. You spineless right. terrorist. Was, was you know was Donald Trump wrong? <laughs> Well, the people on January 6th need to be prosecuted, and, and the right. ones who committed crimes are. But January 6th commission, the January 6th commission is a sham. Right. Right. That, and it's just right. like, and look, I, I, you know, it's amazing. You can literally hold a video up of Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio going after Trump when they were all running for president. And then you can run another video of Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz literally just slurping Donald Trump, refusing to say that he's wrong. You know, praising him and saying he's going to be our next president, and and if you don't support Trump and blah, blah, blah like it is amazing to watch these, and and the fact that you could show it to them, people have literally played them, you know, saying what they said about Trump in 2015, and then talking about how much they love Trump now and support everything that he does, and they they don't even bat an eye. Like, what are you talking about? Like 2015 never even happened. That's not even real. It's fake news. You know what and, I mean? Yeah, it's amazing. And, and the downplaying of January 6th just keeps getting worse and worse. I mean, you and I were losing our mind. When the one congressman, they're, they're literally saying, like, you know, the 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 RNC has come out and said they're 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 it's a witch hunt trying to prosecute people who were there on January sixth who were engaging in political discourse. Right. I'm sorry. Is it political discourse when you break a window and kick in doors and beat police officers? And smear shit on the floor and walls of the Capitol building. That's er, 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 erect a gallows. Erect chant, gallows. Like, like take the American flag down, replace it with a Trump flag, right? Like that. You mean that? That's political discourse, right? So Jim, if I if we disagree on something politically, and I come in and kick in your door and shit on your floor and erect gallows in your street, apparently that's political discourse. So you can't get mad at me, and you I probably shouldn't be prosecuted based off what the what the, what were, the Republican National I, I Committee is saying. I think you were setting saying. that up when you were talking about the snow in my driveway. <laughs> like, next thing you know, there'd be you <laughs> dropping a deuce in my living room as a way of it's absolutely insane. The fact that people believe it is just such a pure, perfect example of um, confirmation bias. Because the people who want to believe that will only watch the people who will say that. They'll only get their news from the people who will say it was a normal tourist day. It's getting, it's a witch hunt. The fucking Republican Party censured Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, right. whose political careers are toast, probably. Yep. Um, and for being on the January sixth committee and doing their fucking jobs and not, not doing like, the what's Jim crazy. Jordan. And think about this. Think about this. The people, the, the people that are censuring uh, Liz Cheney and Kinzinger, like they're they're the people who were who were locked away. In, in in the Capitol building, just like, oh, my God, like, this is happening. You, you know what I mean? Like, you mean when they were avoiding political discourse? Right. Like, they're avoiding political, political discourse, like, trying to get in contact with President Trump, telling these people to go home and go away. You know what I mean? They're afraid to go out. And, it, like, it's just – and, and this is where I'm, I'm at a point where I, 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 I'm beyond fear that we can't fix this without something massive happening. Right. I mean, you can't like. I mean, and when I say massive, I mean, I mean, I mean bloodshed and a lot like of World it. War Three. You know, I mean, like, I don't know if this gets fixed just with a couple of election cycles and you know some good economy, which right. I, I, because people are willing to. This is beyond stupidity. People are intentionally lying and intentionally saying things that they know damn well aren't true, and it's going beyond normal political. Uh, uh, um, rhetoric, right? This yeah. is this is a different level of political rhetoric, where we're talking 
about people's you know lives and safety and and, and everything else and and you know and 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 again the fealty to Trump um, by people like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz is just utterly disgusting, right? Like if you look at all these things and even people who uh, you know you listen to people on 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 political talk shows and radio, like you know who who will sit there and say. Um, you know, I, I didn't like Trump the man, but I thought his policies were good. Right. And I get really pissed at the interviewers because it's just like you go after them and ask them about what policy was so fucking good that you still believe that having that guy in office is worth it. Show me a policy that worked for the American people. Show me a policy that was worth a damn with this guy. You know and then we can this. talk. And, right? You know what they'll say, though. Well, he was building the wall until the Democrats fucked it up and he gave tax cut. He, 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 he uh, cut taxes to uh, stimulate the economy. Show and me a person that's making, le- that's making less than $500,000 a year where those tax cuts did a damn thing. I know that, but that's <laughs> going to be their answer and they know that that's all they have to say and they're the folks that want to hear that. Just so they're and the not funny good. thing is, the funny thing is, there are people who were touting how great the tax cuts were who weren't in that you know, half a million, oh, sure. million dollars. Oh, these are great for me. These are great for me. They never read the fine print on that. And this year, specifically this year, and we talked about this back in 20 when it happened, or, or, or I'm sorry, in 18 when they passed the tax cuts, that there was about a four or five year you know, honeymoon period. And then you're going to start to see, you know, like you're really going to start to see the impacts if you're not in those higher echelons of the tax bracket, right? And sure enough, they're showing up. Right? If you didn't do the right thing, if you didn't adjust your taxes the right way, you're going to owe a fuck ton more money than you ever have before, and then you're going to shit yourself. And, th- and what they're going to do is turn around and blame Biden. Sure. Right. But realize Biden has done nothing to raise taxes anywhere, hasn't done anything to raise taxes or change what Trump has done to this point, and they're not going to be able to make the connections back to this fucking tax cut that Trump touted as this great American thing, and they're going to get killed because, one, they didn't pay attention, they didn't do the proper adjustments on their taxes, and, and they're going to pay a price for it, and they're going to blame the wrong person, which ultimately, Trump skates again. Right. Well, Trump, so this back and forth between Trump and Pence, I think, came from a rally where Trump said, essentially, that the January 6th, uh, pe- the people who were arrested for, over January 6th are being, tre- being treated very unfairly. Yeah, he said he was going to pardon he them. He said, and if we need to use pardons, we'll use pardons. Yeah. And, and I heard someone make the point, if you were so eager to pardon these people who were treated so unfairly... Why didn't you pardon them while you were president? Yeah. Right? Why right. didn't you do it while you were president? Um, and, and the thing is, and I think what, what the, the thing is, he was on his way out, and Trump didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck about those right. people. He didn't care. Right? Like, he, there's he a lot... He was brooding because he... Right. He was still pissed because he lost, and he said, screw them, screw this, whatever, I'm out. Right? And now he's, he's just using it as he, the same way that Joe Biden said, I'm going to... You know, nominate the first black female right. to the to the Supreme Court. Trump is using this as political capital with the people because he knew that he was like after him supporting the vaccine, he knew that he was losing his base. So he had to say something to reel them back in. And the perfect thing to say is January 6th people, when I get elected, I'm coming in to rescue you. And let me let me amp up the uh, nerves about this because there's also people out there who believe that if Republicans take back the House, they can name Trump Speaker of the House and put him third in line for presidency. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, they've been saying that for... Y- yeah, you know. but, but fine. No, but I know. January 22nd yeah. elections, we could see... We, we, might, we might not need to wait until, January, until 2024 for our next uh, Capitol riot because in 2022, assuming the Republicans retake the House, we could see this shit then. Right. And of course, if they don't, if they don't retake the house, of course they'll say that it's uh, it's rigged. So yeah, you're uh, back to what you said before. Um, I I hate to sound fatalistic, but I don't see a solution to this. And I do know that we've had a serious political unrest at other times in our country. Um, so we've we've dug out from it before, but this is the first time it feels like the the whole system of democracy is under attack. Yeah, and I from did, a lot of different angles. Yeah, and I, I I've never felt that before. Like, you know, I'm sure in in the '60s between the war protests and the civil rights movement, there was lots of tension on the streets. People died in the streets. It was a violent, scary time, um, but there wasn't a and the fabric of our government could come crumbling down because of this. Now I feel that way. Yeah, and it's just again, it's a it's a weird, eerie feeling. Um, don't know, man. Don't know, but yeah, it's 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 frustrating because if there were if, if there were certain people 
especially with, with, with the conservatives on the right and the Republican Party, who, you know, I mean, if Mitt Romney would be more consistent, right, um, with just his, like, because Mitt Romney at times shows these hints of sensibility and then yeah. we lose him, right? Um, and if there, you know, there's, there's other Republicans out there that if they would just stand up and say something that they could really sort of shift the tide on this thing, right? But and they're I mean, cowards, they, they right. won't do that. You know, and a lot of people that I thought I had faith in, whether it's a Dan Crenshaw or a Nikki Haley or whatever, have proven just to have proven to be wet noodles, right? Look, just just looking for the next thing, right? Like that are just trying to stay relevant. Um, and you realize it's just like, man, what, 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 you know, I mean, these people were all paper mache, which is just uh, incredibly disappointing, right? And, and it's, and without these people, like, as long as these people are still going to, and, and what I'm curious about is as morbid as this sounds, what if Trump were to die? Right, like let, right. let's say he had a heart attack, or he, he he just he just died, and and I wonder what happens then, right? Because then you don't have the th- you don't like once the you remove leader's him, gone. right? Like, and I've said in the past that the this MAGA movement has outgrown Trump, and I believe that it has. But once he's gone, and the threat of him is gone, right? Him and his megaphone and everything else, like when he gets out there, because he still has a platform, right? Like he's off social media, but. Clearly, he still has a platform. He can go to rallies. He still gets media coverage. He still gets his voice out there. He, you know, he puts out these memos that get picked up by every, like all the platforms that ban him. Like people spread them all over the platform, so it's like he's still right. on there. But once he's removed from the equation, right, and he he can't impact anything, then the question then becomes who steps into that place. And I think it's Ron DeSantis. Um, I'm I'm 99 sure that's who it would be. And then what does Ron DeSantis do with that? And, and and I've talked in the past on how he scares me because he is playing the role of doofus, but he's not a doofus. Right. Right. He's just not. He's not a buffoon. Like, I believe firmly in my heart that Trump is a buffoon. Right. I do not believe that Ron DeSantis is. Ron DeSantis is playing a role, and Ron DeSantis is way more dangerous with the level of power that the president of the United States would hold than Donald Trump could ever dream to be. Right. Like, Donald Trump was a poser. Ron DeSantis is not right? right. Ron DeSantis is 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 a planner. Is is someone who has a lot of who who's got more up here in his head than Trump could dream of, and that to me is terrifying because he's already proven to go like well, that. He's willing to go the wrong direction. And DeSantis has a legit, in his mind, um, political agenda. Yes. Whereas Trump didn't really expect to win, I don't believe. And when he did, he wanted to. Trump you know, was about putting money in his pocket. Putting money in his pocket, being right. the figurehead. Right. And then Trump fell in love with the power after a while, but because of his own buffoonery, right, he's now sitting on the sidelines. DeSantis, once he gets that level of power, I, it's really scary to me what he, he could do and how he could further really rip the country apart. And, I, I you know, I, I, I'm not willing to say we're beyond fixing, but, man, we're fucking close. And, and you know, I, and here's the problem, I think, Democrats aren't exactly the saviors. No. Right? Democrats aren't going to, like, you well, know. they're in even, the same corporate pockets as the Republicans. Right. They're between, from a money standpoint and from a complete inability to read the room from leadership. 100%. You know, not only from, but, you know, a lot of it from their leadership and then a lot of it from the, you know, the people who have the loudest megaphone on social media. Inability to read the room, inability, inability to come together in terms of, of, of really... Um, a, a, a true, you know, a true plan and a true right. focus and a true goal. Other than we got to be Trump, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of division amongst Democrats now. They seem a little bit more together because of this threat against democracy. But really, like, I mean, we we saw it play out during the election, um, and and you know, Democrats constant. I mean, like. Anyway, I just I think <laughs> that there's we Democrats aren't the ones who are necessarily going to save the day. Um, you know, they're in power right but we now. we don't have things, a third option. Right, and we don't have a third option. So the question is what? And and if you leave it up to the people right now, we're so divided, what does that even look like? Um, I don't, it's, just, yeah. it's just scary shit. Yeah, I mean, we could probably do this for two hours, but I really want to talk about the NFL and Brian Flores. Sure. Because that's a... So if you don't know this, you've been living under a rock, but Brian, Brian Flores was fired by the Miami Dolphins filed a class action lawsuit um, 
regarding the racial hiring practices of coaches, specifically head coaches in the NFL. The NFL implemented the Rooney Rule, I believe, 19 years ago. I was listening to something about this the other day. I think it's 19 years ago at a time when they had three black head coaches and they got together and said, that's just not accurately reflecting the game, the league, whatever. So we need to have this rule to give minority candidates a chance to show their um, their you know abilities, whatever. And it forced teams to interview for, I think, GMs and head coaches that they had to be at least one minority uh, candidate interviewed. And 19 years after implementing that policy, we have one black head coach in the league. Now, that number could change pretty – I mean, there's still a bunch of open uh, positions. Um but Flores made some huge allegations against the ownership of the Dolphins, claiming that he was offered $100,000 a game to lose back in 2019. Interestingly, had they had the first pick in 2019, they would have drafted Joe Burrow in all likelihood. And I wonder if the owner is reflecting back on that, like, you didn't follow orders, and I could have had this guy who's now in the Super Bowl. But to that, I would say, you hired me to be a head coach of a football team. If you're going to tell me to get out there and lose, and I'll compensate you for it, my response is, fuck you, don't hire me. Because that record's going to carry with me everywhere. And I'm, I mean, you're basically telling me, go ahead and screw your career, defile the game that you've put a lot of time, blood, sweat, and tears into, and, you know, and in return for that, we'll keep you on this team for a couple years and then say goodbye to you and use the talent that our plan helped uh, implement to replace you and, and others. So, you know, this is, um, I think Brian Flores may have a legitimate case, but this is more complex than I think a lot of people are, are, are really giving it credit for. Um, and and it's, not, it's not as easy as a slam dunk for Brian, Brian Flores after my initial sort of analysis, right? I think that I definitely think that he's got a beef and he's got he's he's got a leg to stand on um, with you know some of his allegations with Miami. I think what you know came out with the Bill Belichick text and um, you know Belichick thinking he was texting Brian Dable, but he ends up Brian, texting Brian Flores. And you know the Giants had already made the decision on who, that they were going to that they were going to hire Dable, but they were still bringing Brian Flores for an interview. Um, now, the thing is, I think the, the Giants had already talked to Leslie Frazier about correct. that job. So they had already satisfied the Rooney rule before they were going to interview Brian Flores. So it's kind of interesting that they were still bringing Flores in for an interview, right? Like, I, I have mean, two thoughts on that. Wh- what are they? So one is maybe because they didn't have the name on the paper for Dable and they said, we're not taking our foot off the gas until we've got our guy because Dable could interview in New Orleans. Right. And, or B, it could be the Hollywood trick of... Dable wants this much money. Oh, we're bringing in someone else. And it could have been a manipulation thing, right? In Hollywood, yeah, it, have and the actors so, show up in the yeah, room. And- okay, I see what you're saying with the Hollywood. I, you know, people do that all the time. Okay, so, but, so I, I agree, right? And so that makes it, a, like, in, if the Giants come out and say that, like, it's, you know, people are going to go to, oh, yeah, likely story. But, I mean, it actually it's makes... a reasonable more, explanation. That's a reasonable explanation. It makes more sense. And, you know, we might get some blowback for, oh, you're making excuses. But I... See, the, the, the reason why I don't have the same concerns about the Giants, like the whole thing with, with Bill Belichick is fucked up and, you know, old people in old tech. Old technology, exactly. But, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, that actually makes sense. And the fact that if that is their explanation, right, like, that actually, it, it's worth something. Sure. It, it means that they think that Flores is, is worth something. Now, maybe they want, like, listen, they wanted Dayball because the G, there was a connection there between him and the GM. Right. Um, the fact that they were still going to bring in Brian Flores for an interview says something. They, they did bring in Leslie Frazier. Um, you know, I, I mean, and, and here's the deal. Mike Tomlin, the reason why he got the job, the Steelers were set on hiring Russ Grimm for the job of head coach at the Steelers. They bring in Mike Tomlin per their own rule, the Rooney rule, right? Tomlin blows them away, and they end up hiring him, right? Now, the Rooney and the Mara family are closely tied together, right? Right. Related through, I believe, marriage. And uh, many times they align and support each other with various things. I don't believe that the Mara family would do something this level of underhandedness. Now... Listen, don't get me wrong. You're talking about rich billionaires. Their their level of scrupulousness right. is has no bounds. But I just I don't necessarily 
believe that that was the situation. So he may have a tough time there. But as it relates to, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos and John Elway and them coming in and just being completely disinterested and not and it being a sham interview, I believe that. I believe, you know, Stephen Ross down in Miami probably offered him money. I, I believe it, whether it's true, allegedly, supposedly, all that other stuff. I think he has a legitimate beef there. Um, but the issue that with, with the NFL and, the, and their hiring right now, they clearly have an issue. Mike Tomlin is the only black head coach in the NFL as it stands right now. Um, you know, and there are plenty of candidates that seem like they that that they they should at least get the chance. Like, listen, the Houston Texans are talking about hiring Josh McCown, and they were talking about hiring him last year, and he was still on their damn roster, right? Like, I mean, that was a big like, and and they ultimately ended up not doing it last year. I think they were heavily leaning towards it, and people were like, dude, you cannot hire Josh McCown. Like, he is he's barely off your roster, and now you're going to make him a head coach. Like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. So. Um, you know, I think the beef with Houston is legitimate, um, or, or I'm sorry, not with Houston, but I, I, I think that Houston has, or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I lost, I, I lost my train of thought. No, 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 no. What I was saying is, um, you know, you, so you have a lot of coaches that a lot of black head coaches or p- potential head coaches that have, um, that have resumes that say, you know what? Based off of some of the other people that are being considered, based off of some of the people that have been hired over the last few years, um, you know, whether it's people off of uh, off of uh, 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 McVeigh's staff or people that have been hired um, um, from uh, from underneath Andy Reid or whoever, right. uh, that some of these guys, whether it's a Brian Leftwich or Eric Bieniemy or D'Amico Ryan's or, or like sure. various guys like that, that they should at least be getting more even interviews than they are. Um, and you would think that they should be able to land some of these jobs that they're just, you know, handing to these people that seem like they're, they're you know, like the, like the guy in Green Bay or the, the offensive coordinator in Green Bay got the job in Denver. And it's just like Aaron Rodgers was your quarterback. You know, Lef- I thought LaFleur was the wonder boy who was doing everything, you know, with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. So now you're going to take the offensive coordinator that has Eric, that has Aaron Rodgers right. as a quarterback and this whiz kid Matt Lafleur as the coach, and you think that that guy has a big integral part to do with this? So you're going to give him the keys to the Denver Broncos organization, right? Like that's crazy. When and it's just like so, but you wouldn't give it to Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich isn't a consideration, and you know D'Amico Ryan's. Well, he I guess he coaches defense. I I, like it, it's just it seems odd. That more of the like more of these guys who were players in the league who who have you know gone through the various you know all these things that you, well you need experience so they 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 start out you know in the in you know in looking at um you know they start off as analysts right looking right. at college talent and then they move up to position coaches and then they become coordinators it's like well that seems like the right track like you've got guys who played in the league who've held these different positions whether it's internships and 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 they become like grad level assistants and things like that and they go through and yet they don't get a shot and they don't get a chance or they get fired after one year now the one thing about being fired after one year um a lot of people point to that with black coaches well, here's the problem with that. Um, so here's the list of coaches that were fired who were one and done in the in the NFL over the last, I don't know, 40 years. Okay. Lou Holtz, Richie Pettibon, Pete Carroll, Joe Bugle, Ray Rhodes. He's the first black one. Al Groh, Marty Schottenheimer, Art Schell, second black one. Bobby Petrino, Cam Cameron. Jim Mora, Hugh Jackson with the Raiders, Mike Malarkey, Jim Tomsula, Chip Kelly, and now David Culley. So four black guys in that. But the thing is, it's hard to hire. It's hard to fire a black coach when you don't have one. when you don't have one. <laughs> so, now here's the other part of this, right? And I think this is something that. So the NFL has the problem of the optics of only having Mike Tomlin as yep. their only black head coach, but. Something that we have seen over the last few years in the NFL that has shifted is the hiring of black general managers. Right. And there's right? seven in the league? Yeah, yes. And so with that number growing, I think there's greater chance of this starting to, to self-correct. Right? You've got a young black guy in Chicago. Uh, you've got a young black guy in Minnesota. Um, the guy here in Cleveland. Um, uh, I believe actually 
somewhere else. I'm thinking there's 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 some there's another one somewhere else. Anyway, uh, but there's there's a total seven, of seven, yeah. right? Um, so I think that helps. Um, but the biggest issue, really, where if this is ever going to shift and it's ever going to change, it's going to come down to ownership, right? Right. I mean, you you like it, you 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 see black ownership in the NFL. You will see this change. The problem is that the the barrier to entry is extremely high. Right, it, because you know you need a billion dollars to be able to buy a team, right? And some of these teams are worth two billion dollars, so you're you're still going to need partners and everything else to do it. Um, and we don't have a lot of black billionaires in the right. world, right? Like not just in the U.S., well, but in the world, right? Like so, you you like you first of all, you don't have a lot of billionaires. I mean, you you, you know, there's a there's a few hundred of them or something like that, um, but you don't you you don't have many black billionaires who are able to afford to be able to get into this and the few that could even think about it still need a shit ton of partners and able to, right. to, to do it and at best they may be minority owners but they may be the face but are they ultimately going to be the ones making this the, the the final decision right i mean and if i mean i know i'm kind of going to sound like an asshole for a second if i don't say this right but when you look at someone like uh jay-z you know he could afford to be an nfl majority owner He's no, got he so many. Okay, he's also got a billion other things going on. I mean, yeah, but all know, the like, the, what, what, what the fuck does ever do? I'm just, I'm just saying that all the. If you're a billionaire, you got a billion things going on. Well, but he's got so many different businesses. So do all of these guys. You think Jerry Jones only has oil? Are you out of your fucking mind? What I, I have no idea what other. Like, you, you, I have like, no idea what Jerry Jones does outside of the Dallas Cowboys and. He's obviously not a hands-on yes. day-to-day guy. All, but- all of most of these billionaires, other than maybe Mike Brown, the Roonies, and a few others, they have multiple ventures. Like they don't, they, they don't have just one thing. Like they all have ridiculous numbers of, of revenue streams coming oh, sure, in. But a lot of them revolve around the football, their football teams. I'm looking at the Pagulas. I mean, the Pagulas have. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's, 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 there's uh, of the 32, I would say maybe, you know, like five or six, most of their money is focused around the football teams. But a lot of, like, whether it's the, the, the Rosses or the, the, um, um, the, the guys in Baltimore, like, they, I mean, like, they, they have other shit that brings money in. So the idea that Jay Z can't do it because he's got a lot of other shit going on, get the fuck out of here. No, I mean, right? And we're talking about the NFL. There's only 32 of these teams. Sure. So, so look, if like you're talking about exclusive club, I can it's an of. exclusive club that brings in a fuck ton of money. So if if you really want to own a team, and it's because you got, and you're like, well, I got the money, but I got too much other shit going on. That's not that. That's right. not the art. That it's not the logic that goes through. It, you know what I mean? Well, I'm just saying I don't know how many of those guys. None of well, those things that Jay Z is doing is going to bring him the money that an NFL franchise is going to bring him. Period. It's not I, okay. I I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, uh, trust me. Okay. Well. <laughs> Anyway, you're right that if if there were more black ownership in the NFL, we would probably see a whole lot different uh, hiring practices. Did you hear anything about Byron, Byron Leftwich withdrawing his name from Jacksonville? I heard that from multiple things on, on ESPN I, yeah, Radio. I, so I don't know what happened there because there were a lot of reports coming out that they were working on a deal. And then all of a sudden, the Jacksonville Jaguars were trying to hire other people. And then they hired Doug Peterson. Right, and then it comes out that Brian Ruffwich withdrew his name. And now, listen, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he said, "Look, I've worked for a number. I played for and worked for a number of different organizations and owners." And you know what, Shotcon? I don't know if you know if you have any idea what you're doing, and I don't know if I necessarily trust you. So maybe yeah. that's not. And, and look, there's it, look, it's a terrible team. They're, they have the yeah, they have the number one pick in the draft, and yeah, they have Trevor Lawrence. But if you don't feel that you're going to have ownership support. Or and the other thing too is Shaq Khan has talked a lot about the Jacksonville Jaguars moving to London, right? And maybe maybe Byron Ruff which is like I don't want to move to London, right? I don't want to play. Right. Uh, I don't want to play more than I don't want to play any games in London. More or less, more than we're already right. you know more than one. Um, and so maybe there was enough in there where he where Byron Leftwich just said, you know what. You're a, sh- you're a shit show, and right, I can like, get a better job. Right, because like, if I if I take this job, you know, and 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 it could go the the conversation could go full circle where it's so bad there. I mean, and listen, Urban Meyer did a fantastic. Oh, Urban Meyer, another coach fired after but not even a full not even year. year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, he, Byron Leftwich could have easily looked at the situation and said, "I I am not going to not get hired again because." If I take this job, this team is so bad, and after two or three years, you fire me because, you know, we won a combination of of, of six games, 
and I never get another shot at, at a. At, this is not going to be my first job. Sorry, see you later. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. You know, and Especially then he goes when he's to got Orleans. a good job as right. an office coordinator. And um, one thing that I think also points to uh, hiring practices is you don't see the retreads. You don't For see black, black no. retread coaches. I mean, I don't think Tony Dungy wants to get back into coaching. He's got a great game, right. whatever. But Jim Caldwell and uh, Leslie Frazier are two guys who've said they want to be head coaches again. Right. And, I mean, I have my beefs with Leslie Frazier right now because you shouldn't give up points in 13 seconds, and I'm a very bitter person. But he was a, a successful head coach. He had, at least statistically, one of the top two or three defenses in the league this year. I think number one in yards allowed. Um you know, what's a guy got to do? <laughs> you can't say he doesn't have the experience. You can't say he doesn't have yeah, a current I mean, track record. You know, I mean, it, the same thing. I mean, it shouldn't. It really shouldn't be that hard for Brian Flores to find another job. Um, you know, I mean, I think he's still in the running. I, I don't think. Do that you think hit, this lawsuit hurts his chances dramatically? I I don't. I mean, really? he's reached out to New Orleans. He's reached out to a couple other teams and said, "Look, I, I still want to coach, but I felt like I was done wrong specifically by these teams." You're not these teams. You're not in the suit. So the question is, are you willing to hire me because you think that I can do a good job for your team? Or is it more about the fraternity of the NFL and you're not going to hire me and you're basically going to blackball me because I'm suing your friends? So now some That's of these teams need to make a decision. And, you know, you, you can say, well, you can't bully them. And, yeah, I can and we are. That's what's happening. You're gonna. Someone is gonna get bullied into hiring a black coach, and I don't care if it wrinkles your white ass. Fuck out of here. You guys have been fucking over people of of different races for years. Sorry that it's happening to you, and you don't like it. You should have thought about that 40 years ago when your grandfather and your grandmother were yelling at black kids who were integrating their schools. Go fuck yourself and your feelings about being bullied into doing something you don't want to do. You have been bullying people into living in neighborhoods that they didn't want to live in. You have been bullying people out of jobs that they were well qualified for. You've been bullying kids out of school. You've been bullying people into out of their fucking lives. The police have been bullying people in the criminal justice system for century, for decades, right? So I don't give a fuck if you're mad that, that, the, that these billionaire owners are getting bullied into hiring black coaches that they don't want to hire. You want to bring, you want to have this conversation with me, then you bring it to my face because I will bully the fuck out of you physically until I get tired. Okay. I'm tired of the bullshit of, oh, you can't make the motherfucker. Yes, we can. That's the, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing about progress. That's the thing about progress is that at, at some point in time, when you're talking about humans, my progress hurts you. You used us for, for hundreds of years to progress yourselves. I'm sorry that you're average fucking Joe and you haven't accomplished dick in your life, so you can sit there and complain about everybody else. Go fuck yourself. I am absolutely tired of the bullshit of motherfuckers complaining that by black people getting ahead, it somehow hurts them. That sentiment, by the way, not related to the NFL, just in general, is getting louder and louder. Maybe I'm just more in tune to it. Yeah, it's getting, but, it's getting but, really but, loud. I'm so, sorry. And that's, and that's why I'm getting like, you yeah. want to get mad about it? Fine, get mad about it. Motherfucker, I'm going to come out and tell you I'm taking this job and you don't get one. I'm absolutely telling you that. And when it comes time for me to hire, I'm only hiring black people. So you can just need not apply. You don't like it? Fuck off. You should have thought about that for the last 50 fucking years. I understand your anger. I'm just saying that the... You do not. I, well, you okay. absolutely do not. You don't. You don't. Okay, You've never okay. walked in a room where you're the only person of your kind for a job where you basically got to suck dick to get it and you still don't get it. You're right. You you're don't right. get that. You're right. I do not. You've never that. had the police pull you over, pull you out of the car and beat the shit out of you just because you are who you are. You are correct. You have not felt that. You are correct. But you've never had somebody run up on you and just call you a nigger and throw, drink, uh, throw a drink on you just because. You haven't felt that. You don't understand it. You don't understand my anger. You may empathize with it. But you I, don't understand it. Okay, that's fair. And I do empathize with it, but you're right. I, I do not have that experience. What was, I don't even remember what I was going to try to say. Oh, I want to ask this from a legal perspective. What Flores is suing about is plain as day. Yes. But can you prove it? Can you prove racism motivated it? <sighs> Sorry to do that to you. No, 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 no. It's, it's so hard. Um, proving, proving racial bias... In, in, a, in a civil case, it's, 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 it's almost, uh, it's, it's, it's basically unfair, right? right. Because unless, unless you have video 
audio evidence of someone just flat out saying it. You have to go and you have to put all the pieces of this circumstantial puzzle together. And then it's got to be so overwhelming that you have, to, it has to be able to, uh, um, you know, break through the bias that already exists because most of the people who are looking at this are going to be white. <laughs> well, right. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that all those white people are racist, but they may have all these, you know, sort of initial biases. So you have to break through just basic, you know what I mean? Like these things. That's why I'm asking. Like, and, and like, so it is incredibly hard to prove these cases in, 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 you know, unless one of these people really screwed up and put something in writing in an email, which look, all of a sudden, all that stuff with um, uh, uh, the the Washington Commanders. Yes, we're yes. not even talking about that right now. But, okay. but the, with 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 the Washington Football Team, formerly known as the Redskins, or however we're addressing them, um, and their emails and things like that. Um, that's that's where that that may be where you have to go with this to try to figure out. Um, some of the stuff that's going on with Brian Flores. And I, I, I don't know. Um, I, my, my, my feeling is that this is not going to go very far. My feeling is is that ultimately they're going to settle with him so that stuff doesn't come out. And they're well, absolutely insane, which, I mean, billionaires have been known to be insane, but um, they would be insane to try to fight this out of spite because I do not believe that these guys are all lily white with, with nothing to hide. And so once once you start, you know, subpoenaing records yeah. and all that other stuff and redacting, ask John Gruden, mm, right? Yeah, I, I just I, I so which is why I think that, you know, I don't think that this ends up actually going far in court. I think that ultimately, the NFL has already started to circle the wagons. You saw Roger Goodell. We need to look at our policies oh. and other owners coming out. This is egregious. You know, it's just like this is this is the first step in motherfucker. So, I mean, I, I, I firmly believe the NFL is already starting to circle the wagons. And the question is, like, so how much are we going to pay him? And yeah. who's going to hire him? You know, and I feel right. like all the owners are sitting there looking at New Orleans like, you better hire him. Right? They're looking at Houston like, or you better hire him. Matter of fact, New Orleans, you hire Leftwich. Houston, you, you hire Flores. And we're going to give him $150 million and everybody shut up. You know, that's, that's what I feel is going to happen. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I and mean, if the NFL was smart, that is exactly what they would do. Like, I would sit there and I would go to the Benson family and be like, so you're going to hire Byron Leftwich. Well, we were thinking, I'm going to just say this again. You're hiring <laughs> Byron Leftwich, right? Well, we were, you're still not getting it, Miss Benson. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this one last time. You're hiring Byron Leftwich. We're hiring Byron. That sounds great. Can't wait to, can't, can't wait for the press conference. Hey, Houston. Hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You're hiring Byron Flores, right? No, we were thinking about Josh. If you say Josh McCown, I'm going to take your team. You're hiring Brian Flores, right? Yes, we're hiring Brian Flores. Outstanding. Can't wait for the press conference. Somebody signed a check to Brian Flores for $150 million, and this is done. Moving on. Dre Snoop, do your thing at the Super Bowl halftime show. See you on Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> um, on the topic, we, we need to move on, but um, on the topic of losing your team, if, it is, if, if there is documented evidence that Flores was bribed to lose games, you lose your team immediately. Yep. You don't get to. You don't get it to, should be. You, you don't get to play in that pool anymore. You you can destroy the fabric. I mean, so much of the NFL revolves around gambling. Oh yeah. And if you fuck with the integrity of that sport altogether, you could Dude, fuck I mean, up a lot. You start fucking with Vegas, right? These NFL owners got. These NFL owners have money. They ain't got Vegas money, right? And and the money in Vegas will dictate a lot. You know, the money in Vegas will dictate a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be anything upfront and personal where we're in transparent, where we all get to see it. And that, no, Vegas, the, the money in Vegas will, 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 will ultimately what? fix some of this. <laughs> Is that a good thing? Nope. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's sure. Not all right. Um, so you brought to my attention a shooting, uh, in Minnesota, um, yeah, so you got Amir Locke, and so the Minneapolis police were carrying out multiple search warrants in an apartment building, right? Some of them were no-knock, some of them were, um, you know, announced warrants, and, uh, you know, there's a video, there's an actual video of this. The police have the key to the apartment, they unlock the door, they bust in, they start screaming and yelling, search warrant, police, whatever, there's a kid sleeping on the couch. 
Uh, he's under a blanket. It, you know, I, it, I'm not sure what time it was. I can't tell if it's, you know, it's sometime after midnight, sometime before six in the morning, I guess. Uh, but you know, they execute this no knock warrant. They, they bust in, the kid gets up. Um, they say in the video, you can see a gun. I couldn't see one. It happened really fast. Sure. Um, but the police shoot the kid. I mean, I think it's less than like 10 seconds. And the kid, uh, Amir Locke, was not named in any of the search warrants in any of the apartments or any of the any of the locations. It's not clear what the what the what they were looking for with these warrants, whether they were looking for a person, if it was a drug bust or whatever. Uh, they said search warrant. <laughs> I guess he was searching for a person or evidence. Sorry, my bad. Right. I mean, it's um, a but, search uh, yeah, warrant. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, it doesn't. I, I, I'm, that was yep. just my brain not working for a second. <laughs> Uh, yes, the search warrants did say search warrant. I'm completely uh, sober, by the way. But, this is not one of the ones where Jim's throwing down Manhattan. This is right. completely sober. Um, but yeah, so they, they we're not sure what they were looking for in terms of, uh, again, whether it was a person, whether it was drugs or money or, or guns or whatever. Um, but the, the person, the victim, uh, was, not a, was not named in right. the search warrant, and he ends up dead. Um, you know, and the Minneapolis police is just like, well, you know, in a moment you got to make a split second decision and, you know, sometimes that leads to someone dying, right? I mean, like, really? Like, that, 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 I mean, you know, if you, I've talked to cops who've given me that same argument and I, you, know, you don't know what it's like. I mean, you're, you're right. I, I don't I know what fully, it's like to kick in a door. And, 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 and I fully a, understand, which is why, how about we just stop kicking in the goddamn doors, right? And people have been getting all over me for this, but look, I think this, this idea of, whether it's announced or unannounced, where you kick in the door, you bust in with a bunch of guys in tactical gear, screaming, yelling, pointing, right. you know, AR-15s and, and, and guns with flashlights on people. Yeah, you want the elephant surprise so they don't get rid of evidence or, or whatever. But listen, I point to a very specific incident where you were there. Remember, we were at Backstage Bar and we're sitting there and we're like, man, something weird is going on. And there were all the cars that, you know, there was these cars that seemed sort of out of place. Oh, yes. Okay. That guy walks out of Smedley's. Smedley's is a biker bar that's a little rough around the edges, to say the least. This guy walks out of a bar. State police are on that guy in no time. Guy had no time to react, no idea what was going on. Scared, literally scared the shit out of me. They, they had him. They were on top of him, had him in the car, and they were gone, like, in the middle of the night. Like, bam, just gone. Right? right. Like, nothing had ever happened. Right, and so, and people are just like, "Oh, well, you get a person at their house." Blah, blah blah. Like, listen, if you can figure out, like, everybody's got a pattern. Everybody, everybody's got habits. Everybody's got places that they frequent other than their home. So, you want to surprise somebody, you watch them, right? If you can figure out enough to know that they're going to be at home at a certain time. And here's the thing. Here's the other thing. You know, people are telling me like, "Oh, it's easy to get. It's easiest to get people at home." Well, with Breonna Taylor, the guy they were looking for, guess what? He wasn't there. He in didn't this, even in, fucking live there. In this case, the guy they were looking right. for whoever wasn't they, there. Whoever or whatever they were looking for wasn't there, and they killed the wrong fucking person. Yeah. Right? Like, so there's plenty of evidence to show that this whole well, thing of kicking in, indoors because that's where people live, that doesn't quite work. There's another There's another. Or it point. doesn't always work, and there's other ways to get people. Please will say you have to make a split-second decision. 100% agree. But when you put yourself... I'm thinking about Brianna Taylor now. Her boyfriend shot at the police. Yes. He was charged with attempted murder. Those charges were dropped because they went, oh, people are actually watching this. And they realized if you broke into my house screaming, maybe they yelled police, maybe they didn't. Because you know what? A guy who's not a police officer can kick in your door and yell police if they yes. want to shoot you. Right. So if, if someone kicks in my door right now, I'm going to arm myself. Hey, if, I, if I dress in all black and give myself a gun and I could, I could put anything on, you know what I mean? Like if you're, right? Right. Kicking your door you're and say police. All black. Right? And it's just Underarm. like, oh, okay, well, you're, you're a police. All right, fine. Right? right. Like, I mean, no, like this. You come crashing through my door. You are creating an environment where you're more likely to get shot at, which is why you're more likely to think I've got to have a hair trigger finger because I'm doing something that's going to lead to someone being very scared, possibly being armed. You know, I Again, like, I'm like, not... like if you want to use those tactics in Afghanistan, Iraq, okay, this is the United States of America. So maybe we need to take the military tactics down a notch and figure out better ways to apprehend suspects or apprehend, uh, uh, you know, and people right. are just like, oh, well, I mean, if you're so, if you're so smart, what would you do? Yeah, but stop trying to kick in people's doors where I don't know what's on the other side of the door. Right. Right. Like instead, like. Maybe you got to do a little police work, not, not and maybe you got to follow a guy and figure out what his patterns are, what he does, because we know we there are police officers who do this. 
Don't right. fucking sit there and tell me I don't know because I'll go fucking grab someone who's fucking done it. And they find them in other places and they get them in situations where they know that they, as the police, have the upper hand. You don't have the upper hand on someone in their home, dipshit. If someone in their home knows that they're doing criminal activity, they ha in trap houses and drug houses, they have lookouts. They have people you know, who whistle or send a text. They have cameras. They may have the, the place rigged with fucking bombs. And you go in and you don't know what's on the other side of that door. It's great that we sit there and call you brave. It's also dumb as fucking hell, right? Like you, you don't know when someone's at home. But guess what? If they're walking out of fucking McDonald's because they're a fat ass and that's what they love to eat, then maybe snatch their ass up when they're walking out of a fucking McDonald's that they go right. to every other day. Right. And this the, isn't that fucking hard. Don't give me that bullshit. You're a fucking cop. You're not a goddamn rocket scientist. The, Jesus. Knock on, knock on the door and have someone standing there with a riot shield or someone comes bursting out or comes blazing away. You can have a line of protection. And if they open the door peacefully and they say, are you so-and-so? And he says, no. Can you see some ID? Yes, you can. Okay. okay. Or, or, or just, just don't or, knock on my or, fucking door. Right. Or just stop knocking on the fucking door. Right? It's just, I, I mean, like, I, I get it that that's the easiest thing, but maybe doing the easiest thing is getting people killed, whether it's right. your guys or other people or innocent people. And this whole idea of collateral damage on, on U.S. soil in people's homes, to me, doesn't fucking track. I'm not okay with that. I'm not willing to accept that as just part of doing business. Right. And I'm going to do the old, what we have isn't currently working, so let's fix it. Right. The current system is flawed. Do I have all the answers? No, I don't. Um, right. And I don't yeah. care. It, oh, it's hard. I don't give a fuck. Do your job better. Find better ways to do your job. And if you can't, then don't fucking do it. The, the, the only thing is, I'm not really pointing at the individuals in this case. I'm pointing at the system. Yes, and, okay. I'm absolutely okay. pointing at the system. I'm not saying that these particular cops... I mean, they were working within the framework of which they are allowed to work. What I'm saying is we need to change that framework. Completely right? completely agree. Like that, that, I that's, mean, like, that's, that's I mean, the and look, here's the thing. This is the third one of these that, has ha that I've known of that, that has caught national attention and somewhat in 2022. Right, and it's only February. Right, we shouldn't have a, a few of these a month. That's happening. Right. right, and like people shouldn't just be okay with it. No, they shouldn't. And again, it's easy to say, "Well, you're not a cop." No, I'm not. But the system as it is ain't working. It's the job of your superiors to fix that system. And wouldn't you be happy as a cop that you were not put in that place? Right. Because if you want to go kick in doors with a gun out and fire the first time you have a chance, I don't want you being a cop. Right. That's problematic. Uh, yeah, it is problematic. All right, uh, you want to wrap this up? Yes. Thank you for listening. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. We're done.